0: I was thinking Pop got bad toward the end and had to have a lot of help getting to the restroom and whatnot and I remember I was up there at the hospital and he had to go and I helped him And he looked at me and he said son I am so sorry and I said Pop, what are you sorry about? He goes, that you have to do this. He goes, I'm embarrassed and I'm sorry. I said, Pop, you don't have to apologize. and There's nothing for you to be embarrassed about. I go, that's what a child does for their parent when there's a need. And I go, Pop, look at all the times you sacrificed for us. Look at all the times you did for us. I go, I'm just thankful that I'm here to do this for you. And, you know, that's how it is. Our parents, they sacrifice so much for their kids, their time and money and all kinds of things. that will literally do without to make sure that they provide for their kids. And uh, I was blessed. I had two fathers and y'all all know this story Matt. my biological father was killed in a car wreck when he was 41 years old and God blessed me with pop and I mean I needed guidance I was that prodigal son uh, and by the way you know We preach a lot from Luke 15. In fact, uh, I'm going to use a portion of that this morning. But we always tend to preach it. Well, it's the prodigal looking for the backslidden son to come back home and to make things right with the father. And, And yes, you can preach that. And I've preached it like that before. But that parable is about a lost son. How do I know that? Well, he talked about, in the same chapter, a lost sheep. He talked about a lost coin. The prodigal was a lost son. And I guess what I'm trying to get out before we get into our introduction is, I didn't know the Lord until later on in life. So Pop dealt with someone that was lost. Popped up with someone that was under the influence of the devil and the traps of sin. And you know what, though, he showed compassion. He loved me in spite of all my misgivings. And I can't think of a better analogy then that's the way the heavenly father is he sees us for who we are he knows us he knows our frame from the dust but he loves us unconditionally so with that said turn to Luke 15 I won't keep you too long well I say that you're very fortunate because we have a flight to catch uh so I have to shut up pretty soon. But no, I want to thank the church for allowing us to go to the messenger meeting. Uh, it's good fellowship. We get to see our missionaries that we support. We get to discuss business and, and whatnot. So uh, thank you. But over in the book of Luke chapter 15, look at verse 20 the word of God says and he arose and came to his father but when he was yet a great way off his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him and the son said unto him father I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight am no more worthy to be called thy son but the father said to the servants bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet bring hither the fatted calf, and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this day. Thank you for our fathers and grandfathers and men you put in our lives to influence us. We recognize them and we love them but Lord most of all we love you thank you for being our heavenly father thank you for taking so good care of us Lord times we don't show or tell you enough how much we love you I ask now as I Share a few words this morning that you'll give me the words to say and bring my memory those things I've studied. And, Lord, speak to hearts this morning. Lord, I don't know the spiritual condition of those I stand before, but if there's a need, Lord, may the Holy Spirit do its work. I love you and I praise you. I thank you for each one gathered this morning in your house. Be with us. And again, may we always be mindful of your love and sacrifice for us. In Christ's holy and precious name, we ask these things this morning. Amen. First of all, everybody be seated. Everybody is familiar with the story of the prodigal. Uh, Story about a man that had two sons. Youngest son came to his father one day and said, give me mine inheritance. And, you know, the bottom line is this. That young son pictures a lot of people out in the world today. You see, God has blessed us with many things. Air we breathe, clothes on our back, food in our stomachs. Roof over our heads, jobs, family. He's blessed us with all kinds of things. But instead of giving him honor and glory and compassion, Lord, give me, give me. That's the attitude of everybody out there, saved and lost apart. Give me, give me. Well, he's gave. He gave his only begotten son. He's given us what we have today to be here. He gives, and this young son, give me my inheritance. And, you know, the father could have said, boy, are you crazy? You know, yes, it's the custom to give an inheritance to your children. But you're too young, and what's going to happen is I'm going to give it to you. And the father already knew when he was about to give him the inheritance, he already knew what was going to happen. What was the boy going to do? He's going to leave the farm. And the Bible says he was going to go out into the world and live in righteous living. And by the way, that means a life accustomed to sin and wickedness. Wine, women, song. He knew he was going to squander all that the father gave him. But yet, the father said okay. And he gave it to him even knowing what was going to take place. Let me just say this. I don't know where you are in your journey of life. I pray everybody here knows the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. But listen to me. As we journey in this life, always be mindful. God knows exactly where you and I are. We're never going to be anywhere where He doesn't see and He doesn't know. My prayer is the journey that you're on is a journey that honors and glorifies God. But listen to me, even if your journey leads you to a hog pen, the Lord knows where you're at. I don't know why we forget he has an all watchful eye. So he gives him his inheritance by the way when he asked for his inheritance you know what he was saying father I'm tired of you telling me what to do I'm tired of being up here on the farm I'm ready to be my own person I don't need you anymore The sad fact is, a lot of times, that's the attitude that we have when it comes to the Father. Oh, we don't need you anymore. You're getting too old. You don't understand. You're not with it anymore. But with the Lord, he knows all things and he understands all things. Because he knows the heart. So, he gave him his inheritance. What did he do? Well... He squandered it. Wine, women, and songs, I said earlier. Hung out with the wrong crowd. And by the way, that's where sin will take you. Let me tell you real quick about sin. You see, if the devil came to you and said, Now, you're going to enjoy this sin, you're going to enjoy it, you're going to have a good time, but understand you're going to die and go to hell. Well, uh, he'd be out of business if he told folks that. But no, see, what the devil does is he's a liar. He says, now, you're going to enjoy this sin. Enjoy it because you're going to live forever anyway. And there's no consequences. So just have a good time. And that's what he does. He tries to tell you that sin is fine. Sin is fun. But listen to me. With sin comes consequences. We are accountable to God for our actions. And sometimes what begins as a little sin ends up being a sin that literally destroys a life and a home. Physically, materially, but most importantly, Spiritually. Understand, you know, an alcoholic wasn't born an alcoholic. He had to choose to take that first drink. A drug addict wasn't born a drug addict. He had to choose to take that first pill or shoot up that first time. It all starts real small. But it ends up costing. Watch that old adage. Sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you're willing to pay. And that is a fact. Here's this young boy. He leaves home. He has his inheritance, and he literally squanders it. A famine comes into the land, and Brother Cyril, the Bible says that he had to go to work slopping hogs. And he would have starved to death had it not been from the huff of what he fed those hogs. And let me just say, for a Jew, that's as low as you can get. You can't get no longer than slopping hogs. And if you've ever slopped hogs, it's not delightful. One, it doesn't smell good. Two, they are filthy animals. But listen to me, I like my pork chops. I like my ham and my roast. So I'm willing to do what I have to do to have those things. But back to this young man. What I'm thankful for. He finally arises and comes to himself saying, What am I doing? And you know, he begins to regret the decisions. All of us here this morning probably have regretted decisions we've made before we came to Christ and even after we came to Christ. There's been regret. He regretted, and he arose and came to himself, and he said, you know what? Here I am, feeding hogs, and my father has so many servants, and they're treated well, and they have plenty to eat. I'll go back to my father, and I'll tell my father, I am not even worthy to be called your son anymore, but make me a servant. And he begins the step back toward the Father. Now, let me just pick up verse 20. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. Let me say something. I believe that every day the prodigal son was gone, living out into the world, living in that hog pen, I believe the father was looking for the son to come home. You know, God is always looking for us to come to him. Always. It doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter if you are in the hog pen, he's always looking. And I don't believe it was by accident one day he comes out and he looks, oh, there's my son. No, I believe every day he was out there looking and longing for the son to return. And every single day, God the Father is looking for us to come to him if we don't know him as Savior. If we have wandered from the fold of God, he's waiting and longing for us to come home. Says he looked, and when he saw him, notice what it says. And the father saw him and had compassion, and he ran. Now, two things: one, so he had compassion. Now, as the father, he could have said, "No, you left. You led. You made the bed. You lie in it." No, but no, the Father had compassion. And as bad as sinners that we are, the Lord had every right to say nope. But no, He had compassion, He had grace, and He had mercy. I'm so thankful for our Heavenly Father. What? A savior. Amen. And the Bible says he ran. And the custom of that day was undignified for a man in those days to run. But that didn't stop this father when he saw that boy coming down the lane. He ran to get to him. And the Bible says he kissed him. And that word kissed is in the present tense. It means he was continually kissing that lost Dirty, stinky son. I'm thankful for the kiss of salvation. I'm thankful. I was dirty. I was stinky. I was hell bound. But the Father ran to me and he kissed me continually. Now, here's the son. I'm sure, and by the way, just FYI, according to Scripture, in Deuteronomy, we ain't got time to turn there, but Deuteronomy 21, it says, if a son brought any shame to mom and dad, they were instructed to take their son to the elders, and they were to take him outside, the city and stone him for his rebellion and he could have been killed but he didn't have to worry about that because his father loved him just like our heavenly father loves us the bible says oh, just hang on to it for me Jonathan thank you buddy one of these days I'll learn not to put stuff in my bible it says And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Y'all remember when the Holy Spirit pointed out that you were lost and in need of a Savior? Do you remember that feeling? Now, I'm going to be the first to tell you, and I've said it many times. It's not very comfortable when the Lord shows you who you are. You're lost. You're undone. And your sin has separated you from God. There's been many times I can remember sitting in a church service under conviction. I mean, gripping the pew, miserable, couldn't wait for the invitation because I always thought, I'm going to ease out the door while everybody has got their head bowed. But you know, here's the deal. One, the Lord saw me and knew where I was. And two, it was amazing to me. When I would start to ease out of the pew to go out, that's when Brother Hill would walk down the aisle looking at me. Everybody's got their head bowed. And... I couldn't move. He caught made me stop in my tracks. No, I better sit down because he he's going to get me. But back to conviction. Here is a perfect example. He realized what he had done. He realized who he was. And that's got to happen before a person can be saved you got to realize you're saved before you can lost before you can ever be saved right. you have to recognize your loss and you talk to people today and there's a lot of folks that oh i want the lord but they don't recognize their loss in need of the lord right. it's like you know oh i'm going to change over a new leaf i'm just going to get religion now i've lived I've sold my old, now I'm ready to get religion. And unless the Spirit of God convict and draw, it won't do you no good. And can I tell you something and I won't charge you? Religion never saved anyone. It's the blood of Jesus that saves. It's not religion. And I cringe when I hear people, oh yeah, I've got religion. That I cringe No, no, no. You either have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you don't. But you don't have religion. He arose and said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son, conviction. But the Father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe. Y'all go and get one of my robes. And he Brought the robe to the son. And understand, this boy had been living in a hog pen with hogs. He was filthy. He was smelly. But he said to the servants, go get him a robe. And he put on his father's robe. And it didn't matter that he was dirty. It didn't matter. He was stinky because by putting on his father's robe, it pointed to the imputed righteousness of Christ. You see, we as sinners are filthy. We're dirty. We stink. But through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, and when the moment we repent of our sins, confess him as our Lord and Savior and receive him into our hearts, Right then and right there, the imputed righteousness of the Father is given to us. You see, he put on that robe. Even though he was dirty, he was covered. And if you're saved, you and I are covered. Aren't you thankful? Then, he tells the servants, you put a ring on his finger you see that ring signified privilege authority and understand this was a son that was selfish that left squandered everything now's returned they've put the father's best robe on him he's now placed the ring on him saying He has authority and privilege. Now, understand, because we are believers, those of us that have been born again, been saved, we have the privilege of being an heir of our Heavenly Father. We are His child. And by putting on that ring, He was telling all of His servants and everybody, this is is my son. Yes, he's disappointed me. But he's my son. That's why I never worry about ever losing my salvation. You know why? Because I have privilege. I have on the ring of salvation. And even though I sometimes disappoint my heavenly Father, that's never going to change because I will always be his son. Oh, if that don't let you shucks, your shucks are wet. Put on a ring. Put it on his finger. And then he says, put shoes on his feet. You see, only slaves... Were barefoot in those days. Says, "No, no, no, no. This is my son. You put shoes on his feet. The moment you and I came to Christ in salvation, understand, He put the shoes of salvation by His grace and His mercy upon our feet. I'm so thankful for the shoes of salvation that I possess. How about you? Now, here's a son. He was dirty. Now he's got a robe on. I won't say he's clean. Yet, he still needs a bath. But at least he has the robe on covering up. And as sinners, we have to have the blood of Jesus be a covering for us. And his righteousness. And then he gets that ring signifying The privilege of being a son, an heir. Then he gets those shoes. And then the father says, not only you have my robe, you got a ring on your finger and shoes on your feet. Go get that old fat calf. We are going to celebrate. And we're going to ask everybody around. Come on over. We are going to have the fatted calf. And do you know why he wanted everybody to come? Well, he wanted them to see his son had returned. He who was dead is now alive. He who was lost is now found. And the Bible says they began... To make Mary. Think about this for a second. Just as the prodigal father was so happy to have his son back. Think about how happy our heavenly father gets when a lost sinner becomes convicted and comes and bows at the foot of the cross and receives Jesus as their Savior. The Bible says that there's joy in heaven over one sinner that repents. Not only is there joy in heaven, but there's joy in our homes. The greatest thrill I've ever had as a father and grandfather is for my children and my grandchildren. To accept Jesus as her personal Savior. There's nothing like it. And then the icing on the cake is God has given me the privilege to administer baptism. Uh, there's just nothing better. But not only is there joy in heaven, joy in the home and in the church but there's joy in the heart I think about how much the Lord truly loves us I can never even come close to loving my kids and grandchildren the way God loves us but I love them And if that is just a little glimpse and picture of what God and how much God loves us, think about what it's going to be like when we get to glory. Welcome home. I'm going to close with this. I don't know the journey you're on, but the Lord does. But my question. Is this. Does the journey of your own say wasted life? You see that's what it began for the prodigal. A wasted life. Or does it say I'm a child of God? Only you can answer that. But I assure you, Heavenly Father wants you, wherever you are in your journey, come to him. For salvation especially. He proved his love with his sacrifice on the cross. But if you journeyed and your journey has led you to a hog pen, understand you don't have to stay in the hog pen. He wants you to come home. Also, maybe you're here. You're saved, and praise the Lord, you're not in the hog pen. And you're serving Him. And that's what we're supposed to do. But my question is when's the last time you just thanked Him? Truly thanked Him for all He has done for us. He's done so much so much he is God and I'm thankful, to, I'm, I'm thankful I know who God is he is my heavenly father he is my savior he is my master and he is my lord how about you I can't think of a better example Of a loving father than this prodigal's dad. It pictures God to the T. That's who God is. To you fathers, I appreciate you. I thank God every day. For the fathers I had in my life. Because they were examples. Especially pop. Pop. I'm going to tell a good one on him before I close. You'll get a kick out of it. Papa was very queasy. He he wouldn't watch bloody shows. You you wouldn't go watch get him to watch a, a horror picture or anything with blood. I mean, last time me and Lori, when he was in the rehabilitation hospital, we went over there one night, and he's watching the outlaw, Josie Wells, for probably the 20th time. I mean, he knew every scene. But when it comes to the scene where, uh, Josie Wells cuts his hand, and this Indian that he's talking to cuts his hand, and they—oh my lord! Oh, oh. But here's the one I—we were in the oil fields. Pop was my supervisor, and we were putting tubing in the hole, new tubing, and we had it on a forty-foot trailer. And, anyways, I was a derrick hand. I was up there. Looking down, watching them, everybody else do the hard work, pretty much. All I did was latching on, latch and un-latch pipe. But anyways, I was up in the derrick and had this. I'm trying to. Junior, I think, was his name. He was big, old, strong Samoan. You know, Samoans are some stout, thick people. And he was grabbing the tubing, taking it off the trailer with the el- elevator and something took his mind off of what he was doing and didn't watch and elevator caught and the tubing came sliding off that trailer and it cut his nose off. Knocked his nose completely off. Every time his heart beat and Pop, he's standing there and he's he's going, oh my God, oh my God. And I'm going, Pop, you better get some rags so he could cover his nose. And Pop, he's beside himself. Pop, get down here. So I come down from the dirt. Guy, we always kept rags. Grabbed a whole handful of rags. And I took them over there. And I said, here, Pop. He goes, I ain't going over there. No, you. I said, give him the rags. He goes, I'm too nervous. I can't do it. Make a long story short. We had to put the guy in his pusher's car. He had to go to the hospital. He didn't have a nose. and That was another thing. It was kind of comical. It wasn't. But everybody's looking for his nose. Because they're going to try to attach his nose. And Pop says, get in the car. And one of the guys says, Wayne? Wayne? He can't go until we find his nose. He's going to the hospital. I don't care. They'll give him another nose. I said, Pop, it doesn't work like that. Anyways, He goes get in the car and I said what? He goes get in the car. He goes you're gonna have to drive. I can't drive. He goes I am frazzled. I cannot drive. I said I stink. I'm in the oil field. I stink. I'm not dressed to go to the hospital. You're going to the hospital. We finally get him up there to the hospital and they took him right back of course and Pop calls his wife, and all of these Samoans show up. And I mean, they're big family. I mean, you got second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth cousins. You got aunts and uncle. I mean, they're all there. And anyways, uh, I go, Pop, you need to go talk to them people. You can tell them it's going to be okay. He goes, I don't know what to say to them people. I said, tell him it's going to be okay. Son, I can't do it. I'm too nervous. He goes, I, I don't know how to speak their language. I go, Pop, they live in the United States. They speak English. <laughs> he go, he goes up there, and he tells the wife, uh, we're still looking for his nose. <laughs> Anyways... It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But he was three shades of white. And as we sat there, because they took him immediately back for surgery, as we sat there, Pop, let's just go. I said, no, we can't go. You've got to wait until surgery's done. And when the doctor comes out after he gives us prognosis, we'll, we'll head out. He goes, son, I just can't sit here. I just cannot sit here. He was drinking coffee like you would believe. Finally, to make a long story short, doctor came out. The doctor said, well, he's got some reconstruction going to have to be done. As far as he goes, it's by the grace of God, he's even got a face. But he says, the prognosis is good. He's young. He's strong. He's going to make it. Anyways, Pop stood up and he went to his wife and he says, He's gonna be good. He don't have to come to work tomorrow. (laughs) God, dear Lord. I mean, some of the things, when you think back, aren't you glad God gives us memories? That's what I hang on to. When I get down and discouraged, and today was a downer for me. I'll be honest, it was. Because this is my first, my very first Father's Day without pop. But I'm thankful for the memories. Because they tie me over till we get home to be with our loved ones. And most importantly, the Lord. But let me tell you about the greatest memory I have. And I'll never forget the day I asked Jesus to come into my heart and to save my soul. Greatest day I've ever had on this planet. It's the day he saved me. Can you say that this morning? He longs for you. He'll save you. He's waiting for you to come. So sinner friend, come. So heaven can rejoice. So your home can rejoice. So the church can rejoice. And so your heart can and will rejoice. Amen.